0: Hey guys, Toolman Tim here, back with another episode of Fireside Freedom, and I have two fellow fire starters with me. We got Thesia. How are you, ma'am? I am doing great. Trying to stay warm. Excellent. And Mr. Kerry Brown, how are you, sir? Doing great. I think I am going to move the picture out like here. How, is that okay?
1: Because every time I
0: lean in, I keep losing my uh, <laughs> losing my shoulders. So, so we've got. Uh, it's cold up here. It's gonna be cold down your way. How uh, how's everybody surviving? what isn't quite winter yet
2: i'm i'm gaining a southern texas dream i i, I need to start making a money where i can go to galveston every every winter
0: <laughs> are they how cold does it get there
2: it can it can get pretty chilly but it it doesn't last nearly as long and i'd be next to the ocean so i won't
0: care <laughs> i get it how about you mr brown how's life treating you
1: we're in pretty good order up here. I've got um, a number of kind of preps staged for the, the single digit temps, which it does happen here in Tennessee, but not terribly often. And there is this chance of winter precipitation mix, as they're calling it. So we're starting to see the uh, the locals, especially the uh, transplants, the Florida and California transplants, yep. um, beginning their panic process.
0: Right. A lot of them is this their first year, or or maybe their first access to the cold.
1: This for for a lot of them
0: it is, yeah. And i I've talked about it before, but and it, it's it happens everywhere. But for us, there's always this huge panic about forty eight hours before the first cold spell, first snowfall, and I'm sure that goes part and parcel everywhere because it's funny. I don't know. In the middle of summer, we all think, well it's never going to get cold again. And then damn it, it gets cold. (laughs) And then it's like everybody forgets how to drive in winter weather. And then it happens and you're okay. But that panic beforehand, man, if you can stay off the roads and stay away from people, I think we're all a little better off for it. So what, uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about a couple things tonight, guys, but uh, we're going to talk about, um, well, the title is uh, how to talk, uh, how to talk yourself down off the ledge. In other words, something that especially entrepreneurs deal with when you get that complete, holy shit, I'm overwhelmed feeling and how not to make rash decisions in the middle of those bad periods. And then we're also going to talk about um, how Carrie and Thesea are going to prep for all the nasty fun coldness that they're going to get and how that would be different from, you know, somewhere that gets it all the time. It be, should be pretty interesting because I think I'll learn something. So what's everybody drinking tonight? I've got, I've got tonight, a Pepsi. Pep- oh, <laughs> sorry. I've, no, I've got, I've got full sugar, Pepsi and water. <laughs> nice. How about you, Carrie? What's in the hollow roast cup there?
1: I have to admit it's not hollow roast, Oh, sorry.
0: Um, but,
1: but it is a very good cup and people should get the hollow roast cup. Cause it, I swear, I think my drink actually gets hotter after I put it in it. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I did some instant coffee with a healthy dose of eggnog.
0: Oh, instant coffee with eggnog? Really?
1: It's pretty darn good. Yeah. Now,
0: that sounds pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah. And I actually found a brand of eggnog that it's got sugar in it, but it's 15 grams per serving instead of most of them have somewhere upwards of like 45. Yeah. So. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't. You ever, anybody ever try making homemade eggnog? angel has and it's amazing yeah and it's with a raw egg right yes yeah because i made it in high school a few times and i i don't know why i don't know where because that was like pre-internet days so i must have looked it up in a book i can't imagine but anyway (laughs) i I got the recipe somewhere and it it was pretty darn good Mm -hmm. and of course nowadays everybody would be scared shitless they'd be like you can't drink something with raw egg in it it'll kill you well anyway I'm still here. You used to really get Orange Julius's. Do you remember Orange Julius carry where you could go in there, you
2: can get an egg put in there. It's an orange drink that they sold in a mall, and you could get one
0: with a raw egg put in. It was really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember the mall had one here. Yeah.
0: Do you guys still have Orange Julius or no? Mm, long um, gone. Because they got yeah. bought by Dairy Queen, and they're all over the place up here. They're in huh. all the malls. It's weird. Hmm. But yeah, some Dairy Queens, you can go into the Dairy Queen and they have the Orange Julius attached to it as well. So kind of neat. Yeah. And then some people put raw eggs in their um, their old fashions, which I had never heard of either in cocktails and stuff. And I don't know what that's for. We were you think
2: at, it would hurdle it. I,
0: I was in, we went to the casino in Edmonton mm-hmm. a few weeks back and I asked for an old fashioned and the lady said, do you want a raw egg in it? And I looked at her like she was speaking Chinese <laughs> or something. I didn't know, so I went home and researched it. And apparently, it's something that people do. I see Brian in here. Uh, he might uh, he might have seen that before or heard of that, but I've never. Yeah, I don't know. I raw eggs and alcohol. I don't think I want them to mix any more than I want clamato uh, mixed in with alcohol. But that's another story.
1: <laughs> no, I tried those. I tried one of those once years ago. The clamato. That was, and I could drink anything. I would drink anything alcoholic and that I had to throw the brakes on. I was like, I literally cannot finish this. This is, this is a terrible idea.
0: Well, Clamato in general has got to be the nastiest thing ever invented. I hate tomato juice to begin with. And then you add clam juice to it too. And all these for all oh, oh, just ah, makes my skin crawl. So yeah. All right. Well, what let's start with since Carrie brought it up, the subject for this evening is talking yourself down off the ledge. I'm guessing it, did, did it spur Was it spurred on by something recent Or was it just something you got thinking about or, or where did the idea come from
1: Oh this is just like a state of being For me This is just <laughs> Normal operating procedure Um, I I realized Because I was kind of talking this through with, with a new acquaintance And he was kind of helping me troubleshoot Like some mindset kind of issues And I realized That I have I have this constant feeling that I should be doing something very specific, but I don't know what it is. And it's kind of like the feeling that I've forgotten to do something really important, even though I don't think I have, because more than likely like somebody would bring it to my attention. Uh, so yeah, like this is, this is, I guess it's a business, a business person's anxiety and, uh, and so I kind of had to take myself through a a series of of mental steps because it, it centers around money, of course. Sure. Like, am I earning right. enough money? Are we going to cover everything? And I, I literally had to sit myself down, and I do this frequently. This is just not a one time thing. Where I said we have food in the fridge and the freezer. We had, like even if we didn't go to the grocery store for a few weeks, we would have plenty of food. Sure. Um, nobody can take my house because it's paid for. Um, nobody can turn off my power because I generate it myself. I love it. I have X number of gallons of gasoline stored right now. Like I, I basically like went through like all my preps, and I was like, I'm fine. Like even if, because it's a slow time of year, of course, sure. for those of who work outside and don't have snow to blow, and uh, and Sorry. so I just literally, yeah, like had to reassure myself that that all was well. And that it was okay to, you know, chill out for a minute. I have a hard time chilling out. And uh, so that's where the idea came from. And I'd be interested to hear what you guys do when you experience the same sensation.
0: Absolutely. What What do you think, Thesia? How often do you feel overwhelmed or uh, underworked? Um, I'm just now trying to get
2: a hold on some things apparently i took on too many things uh here in the last few weeks and i am editing a video i shot over a month ago and uh so for someone who's supposed to be trying to grow their youtube channel and i'm and i'm working i'm you know i'm i am working 15 hours a day trying to get stuff but i decided we needed to be we had our first annual foil uh christmas parade and i decided we needed to have a float for it and uh i i don't know i just i had myself in too many directions uh kenzie was in a couple of tournaments and that's like three or four nights a week you know and then trying to edit the videos or you know at least take care of i've got a lot of footage that i have not taken care of and for and so not only am I way behind on editing, but then I'm also trying to learn all kinds of new stuff on top of that. And I have to admit learning the technological stuff on some things, that's when I kind of go, "Go, Oh, i just, just go to bed. <laughs> you know? I but, uh, yeah, I, I think technology with, or trying to figure out what I'm doing that on top of all the stuff I'm trying to do kind of gets me a little bit overwhelmed occasionally. <sighs>
0: And it's, it's okay uh, to carry, especially it's okay because we all go through it, but um, yeah. So I've told the story many or many times. I'd even did a video called my terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And at the time it was probably the worst day in business I ever had. And I was ready you know, anyway, I've, I've had, I I can remember those two were really, really um, just vividly that one. And the one way before it, where I took on a bathroom plumbing renovation under a trailer that I had no sweet clue what I was doing. I was in over my head. I ended up having to give the customer a full refund and then hire a plumber to fix my mistakes. Like it was a bad day. Right? So, but that was years ago. And then this, this other one was three, three first day of winters ago, but most recently, uh, and I haven't really talked about this one a whole lot was when I was supposed to go to the TSP workshop and everything, everything, everything was piling up. Just, I, I knew I had everything and I was, you know, I knew I could leave and get everything done. And then all hell broke loose with those new customers coming in. And I was beyond stressed, like to the point where I just wanted to curl up in bed and not do anything or go anywhere. It was bad. And I I didn't know what to do. Like, I legitimately felt like I was between a rock and a hard place. And it was like an embarrassment of riches because you're like, okay, so you get a bunch more customers who make you a bunch more money or you get to go to Texas for a week and speak. You know what I mean? Like, it's all good options, but it was too many good options. And I knew what the right answer was, but I felt like no matter what I did, I was, you know, screwed if I did, screwed if I didn't. I felt like I'd be letting people down no matter which way I went, you know? So I just had to make the decision. And sometimes that happens, you know, you get in over your head, you get overwhelmed and you just have to make a fucking decision and be done with it. And then once you do, the crazy thing is there's no perfect decision, right? So you make one and you're going to feel better because you made a decision, but you're not going to feel right yet. And that might take a month or six months afterwards until you realize, oh yeah, just making the decision helped a hell of a lot but it doesn't feel right at first. Right. (laughs) You know, I still felt like shit the whole week that I didn't get to go to TSP. I was like, you know, I just felt like I was letting Jack and everybody down who wanted to, you know, for the few people that wanted to come and hear me speak. I was like, yep, there you go, Tim. But there's times that that shit just happens. Right. And you're completely floored and overwhelmed and it's there. And yeah, it doesn't make it easy. And it doesn't mean the next time it happens, even though I know it's happening, it doesn't mean it'll be easy again. It just means I can look back and say, okay, I did do it. Even though I feel 100% overwhelmed and I feel like I'm starting from scratch and from zero right now. All right, I guess I know, maybe it'll be okay. (laughs) Just a little, right? Well, I'm
2: kind of, I kind of feel the same way too. You know, not only did I put myself in too many directions, but i I this bathroom remodel is taking infinitely longer than I thought it would, and I was hoping to have it at least partially. I've got it down to not only subflooring, but I've got holes in my floor from where the plumbing was, and we've got this weather coming in, and I'm oh. just kind of stick stuff on top of it for right now. And I was going I was going to try to hurry up and get the subflooring replaced, but the subflooring is heavier than what I can handle by myself, so I'm going to have to wait till I have a little bit of help. But yeah, I've got holes in my floor with negative one coming up and it's like oh how stupid can you be you know
0: <laughs> one one thing to uh i just thought about These, i don't know um of course like a full sheet of plywood can be but a lot of times rip them in half and you might be able to handle a four by four sheet by yourself if you need to
2: yeah i could do i can do a full one is just uh maneuvering it and trying to getting into place i you know yeah. i mean I was at I was at Lowe's trying to load them up onto the cart by myself and the cart kept moving. <laughs> so I was trying to put the board on the cart and chasing it down the aisle. And I finally had to stop and ask somebody, hey, hey, come help me. At least hold the cart. <laughs> you
0: know? There's the other thing too. And I don't maybe I don't know if Carrie, if you're like this or not, but I'm uh <laughs> I, I'm most entrepreneurs seem this way we we almost never want to ask for help so we get in over our head and we figure well we got ourselves into this mess we should be able to get ourselves out of it right mm-hmm. so you know again this right back to just yesterday but so my son just took on a, a part-time job which I wanted him to but he's also my main snow helper which is fine 80% of the time when it's just a dusting i go out and i'm done in 2 hours but yesterday morning you know the night before becky's like and she loves to go and help. She says, I'll, I'll go and help you, hun. No problem. I'll come out with you. And I said, no, it's just going to be a dusting. You stay in bed. Because I didn't want her to go out, right? So I get up in the morning and there was another two inches of snow on the ground, which is not a dusting. And you can't really use a blower for that. You need a, a, a you know, an actual snow blower for it. So I was like five hours all by myself because I was too damn stubborn to <laughs> accept the health, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Gary? You ever like that?
1: Stubborn runs in the Brown family. Um, we're as good at that as we are at worrying. Yep. Um, I wish. I wish there's a way to make money doing both of those things. Uh, yeah. I'm. I am getting better at it, though. I mean, there's been a few times where I initially just started to turn a job down because either I didn't want to take it on by myself, or uh, you know, I didn't want to deal with rounding up help. But there's been a couple of times where I checked myself and called a buddy, worked out schedules and everything, and made money when I otherwise wouldn't have. And buddy made money because nice. I was willing to relinquish a little bit of control. Um, and yeah, you got to be you got to be careful uh, doing doing the plywood and the lumber at the store. Like I'm, I'm one of those people where I will. I will stop and help somebody. I don't care if it's a lady or a guy. I don't care who it is. You see somebody trying to fight with a piece of plywood or freaking, you know, two by 12 by 16 and all that crap. Uh, Yeah. And, and there's been times where like, I remember one time I, Angel and I were pulling down lumber for, I guess the stud out the bathroom here at the cabin. And I was pissy and I was in a hurry and I was moving too fast. And she, was trying to adjust her grip and I didn't notice and it tipped and she just like smashed her thumb like a bolster finger like all this blood everywhere you know and did I feel like a dickhead after that so that was just another one of those life lessons of just slow down and chill out and there was no reason to be in a hurry the world was not ending so
0: I thought I was the only one that I thought that if I slowed down, the world would end. I'm always that way, you know? I I live by 10 minutes early is on time and on time's late. And even when I'm 10 minutes early, I'm still in a hell of a rush because I feel like I'm going to be late. Like, it's just completely ingrained in my character. And again, that's probably, I don't know, the entrepreneurial mindset. I'm not sure what the hell it is, but some days it's not, not the most healthy thing in the world. I hate to follow people in a car. Like just get out of the way, let me drive. <laughs> but what does it, you know? I know, but why? When when you're, we're all going to end up in the same place at the same time anyway, so it doesn't matter. But I do the same thing. Somebody five seconds on the road, you know, oh, you start getting mad at them. It makes no sense. What I kind of
1: walk like this uh, this this dichotomy of the two. Like I'm the person I will um, feel this enormous amount of compassion for a person and and you know stop to let them out and then five minutes later i'll i'll decide somebody's driving too slow and i'm ready to you know open yeah. fire on them and it's like i don't know where that comes from i don't know where uh where those extremes come from with me they're they're a little better with age but uh still there
0: i know when you were uh carrie when you were talking about you know, um, being overwhelmed and, and wondering, you know, sometimes wondering about work or if they're, you know, because it's feast or famine in entrepreneurship too. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you said, you always feel like you need to be doing something. And for about three, maybe the first four years of my business, I always felt like I just had to do more, had to do more. But I was, the thing was my goal in my business was to do less, but make more money. Right. Because I wanted to, I wanted to be self-sufficient financially but I also wanted to have the flexibility in my schedule to do what I'm doing now with content creation and things like that. But the problem was, is when I'd finally built it to where I had that flexibility. And even to this day, I still feel lazy. You know what I mean? Like I, I built it so that I can do my other shit, but it's like, oh, I, it still don't feel right. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's strange. Yeah. it. So it doesn't, I don't know. I guess what I'm not trying to be negative, but it, it, you, you always want to do more. And then when you get to the point where you don't want to do anymore, you still feel like you should do more, even though you built it to where you don't need to do more.
2: Well, it was a habit that you created to get where you were. And that habit is not easily broken.
0: It's true. That's a good point because that's, you know, that's where you find success. You know, I mean, I, like I said, I I turned down this winter, I bet you 30, 30 new snow customers if I had wanted them, you know, but I, I don't want any more, you know, like, um, you know, you take on more customers, you have more headaches, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew, I know how much money and how much time I wanted to, or how much money I wanted to make this winter and how much time I wanted to put into it. And we exceeded that with those last few customers I took on and then, the calls just kept coming. You know, people were like, oh, "You know," I'm like, "Well, you probably should have called me six months ago." <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, and but yeah. So, i well, I'm not and at, sure the time, time, yes. at the same time, yeah.
2: At the same time, there's always that
0: fear. If you do less, you might start going backward too. Exactly. That's the mm-hmm. other thing because when you and that's what I worry about is okay. If I start doing less on this end, I want to make sure that the content end of things picks up enough. To take over for that, you know. So it's yeah, it is. It's always a fear, and that's the thing when something self built, that fear is always there. That you're like, okay, you know, you, it. It's that imposter syndrome, you know. You, you, even though you're successful, you always feel like you're only one rug pull away from not being successful anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's, that's funny because I'm, so, I'm talking like, I know what I'm talking about. I work a lot of hours. I don't make any money yet. And I just keep right on plugging and thinking, okay, one of these days I will start bringing in money, but golly, it's been years of me trying to get something off the ground. So, but I'm going to keep on
0: plugging. <laughs> You've got the right mindset. DC. Yeah. That's what I love about it. You you know, you, yeah. you talk like you're there and that's good. That's what you have to do because if you don't, what it what what's the word manifest or whatever Carrie I think it is or you know you, you got to believe it before you do it or because if you don't you'll never get there.
2: Oh, I was amazed. I was thrilled at the same. I mean, I got to meet uh, uh the Porterhouse and Teal guy. Yeah. And I was listening to the podcast with him the other day. He had like three hundred subscribers on it when he was down at at uh, um. I you know. And you know, in, in october and he's got th- and I looked him up. He's got thirteen point eight thousand subscribers to his youtube channel Just since october and I thought ooh, I think i've gained five subscribers <laughs> But I was really genuinely excited to hear that out of him and I and that was cool because I got to Talk to him personally, you know, he was a very pleasant man and I enjoyed talking to him But i'm it, i'm enjoying meeting all you guys and interacting with you and watching
0: you grow. And I think that gives me hope at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, Porterhouse is, uh, he, first off, I, I love the dude. Like we we met first in, in person at, at Self-Reliance Festival. And when he invited me, he said, Tim, I want you to come on my very first live stream to celebrate 500 subscribers. Well, by the from when he sent me that till the time I went on his show, I think, I can't remember exactly, but I want to say he'd hit like 2,000. Number 1, wow. his content's incredible, but he's killing it with the short form stuff. He's just blowing up with that. And I like he and he puts in the work and he he's got the right personality and he, he he's entertaining and he's funny and he's intelligent. Like he's just killing it and he's going to do awesome. Cool. No, he's he's kicking, yeah, he's kicking ass and taking names. I'm proud of him. I mean, he just just flew and took off. So he's doing great and he's but he's putting the work in, you know? Yep somebody will say, I'm sure at some point, Oh, must be nice. You just blew up. Well, no, that's not how it works. You have to mm-hmm. put in mm-hmm. it. it, put all, it in. Yeah. Care, yeah. We all know it doesn't. Yeah, There's I want to, I want to throw it out there and say there's really almost no such thing as an overnight success. No. You know, yeah. It's an overnight I success. Was, 10 oh, years okay. in the making.
1: I was thinking about even, you know, in YouTube land and somebody's like, Oh, I only have 500 subscribers and you know, we're we're comparing ourselves to people who have tens of thousands or millions or whatever. And I think about like it, it still stuns me sometimes that any one individual has determined that my knowledge is worth their time.
0: Right. Right. And
1: imagine what five hundred people like if five hundred people suddenly showed up to my farm and they were like, Carrie, we want to learn something from you, you know. I I mean I'd be blown away so we have to keep that perspective and I know it's all about algorithms and driving traffic and that kind of stuff like I'm I'm not into that at all like I know some people get really into like the uh what do you call it Tim like when you get into your um log into the back end of your stuff and oh yeah
0: yeah yeah um
1: like I just I, I don't know if it's just my contrary nature or what it what exactly it is. Like I just don't care. At least at this point, I may eventually. Um, but still, like that number is significant. Um, this somebody simply decided you are worth their time because I don't know about you guys, but you're probably similar. I am really stingy with my time.
0: Oh, that's what I was thinking the whole time you're talking. So am I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, I, I will, I will shut something off in a heartbeat.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. So you're right. And I, and that is, yeah, it, I, I can't remember what episode it was of Jack's I listened to recently, but he was talking about how, when he first started building, he wasn't worried about how many people were watching. He was just worried about putting out the best damn content he could put out there. And that's really, because that's that's such, again, there's that dichotomy, you know, because I'm a numbers guy, always have been. That's just how my brain works. And that's how I built my business too. And I, I can't help it. I look at my analytics every day because I don't know, I'm not sure why, but I do. It helps me to know where I'm heading, but at yeah. the same time, you can't live there, but also... Part of putting out the best damn content I can put out is looking at the analytics as well. So it's like, mm, you know, there's a six of one half a dozen of another. And I'm, that's actually, I haven't figured out how I'm going to put that into my goals for next year. But <laughs> it's going to be something as simple as not looking at my analytics for an entire week. <laughs> and that might sound silly to some people, but it is absolutely going to be something I'm going to try once because it just to let it flow, you know, <laughs> see what happens. I don't know.
2: Well, I'm, I'm at the stage now is every morning I do go through my analytics and I record it. That way I can go back and see where my weaknesses are and, uh, and go, yeah, you haven't posted anything on that in a while. You know, you maybe you should do that, but I, so I am recording and, and watching and so that I can do a better job of uh, getting what i need out there
0: <laughs> so being selfish with your time freedom media core says i call it productively selfishly introverted <laughs> i like that
1: nailed you know, it yeah
0: but you're right carrie when you talk about people because you know for me to commit to an hour and then, hey speak of the devil and he shows up there's porter host tonight good evening brother good to have you good to have we, him on. his ears must have been burning we should have him on here sometime <laughs> yeah because Absolutely. Uh, yeah he uh, <laughs> uh, yeah what a good dude but um yeah so it's hard for me if, if i'm not feeling the podcast i'll turn it off and i mean and i don't you know and i want people to do that with mine too i mean don't waste your time on something don't listen to it just because you feel like you need to right like and i do that so i can't imagine it's pretty humbling sometimes that like you said somebody's willing because you only have 24 of those in a day and somebody's willing to take one or one and a half of those and spend it on you like oh man and sometimes you forget you know like I was I mentioned this I don't know if I said it live the other night or not but I had Nate come on Sunday night we did the the history of ham radio show right that dude put hours of work into prep well Carrie you did too the show we did you put a ton of work into that show and you know like I try to make sure I plug your guys' stuff and say thank you as much as I can, but it blows me away that people, I mean, I, I shouldn't, I do it too when I go on other people's shows, but it's just, it's humbling that people are like, Hey, I'll come on your show and I'll put together a hell of a good show with you. You know, <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's really cool. What do you think, Thesea?
2: I don't know. I got a million things going through my head about all that <laughs> stuff
0: too. It's like, uh,
2: uh, yeah
0: sorry about that so yeah, no, you're good. Uh, freedom says sometimes I just need to follow a more intentional vein working on my copywriting then that is what I immerse myself in and and I get so I think I I think I see what she is mentioning too because I so when I want to create content I like to take an entire day and create content. Like I like to get in. I remember the guy who spoke at my high school graduation talked about getting into the flow and I don't, whatever kind of weird, chi, crap, whatever it is. But for me, it works. And if I want to be the most productive I can be, I just need a great big ass chunk of time to put into it and just flow with it. Do you do do that, Thesia, ever or not?
2: Yes, and I'm and and it's something I've been having a little bit of trouble with is because I get in my computer and I'm working and I'm working I'm concentrating and somebody comes in and says, well, what do you think about this? I'm going, what? I I'm, I I'm, I don't want to switch gears. I don't want to deal with what what is somebody saying to me. I'm focused. You know? Yeah, but. You know, one of the things you were talking about, too, a lot of what we're talking about is a mindset. You know, I'm discovering, yeah, we can all worry, think about putting out content. We can all think about doing this. And, and I have discovered recently my mindset for a long time is making sure I've got enough food on my, on my property, that I'm providing enough food on my property to feed my family. But but I had been neglecting the, the mindset of what is it that I'm doing to bring in incomes. Like, oh, duh, how simple can that be, you know? Because you know, Jack Spiracle is always saying, you know, you can always make money. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know. So that's easy for somebody who says they've actually made money and, and because I haven't, I'm thinking, okay, what is wrong with this picture? And it's like, is because that's not where my mind is is focused on is what to do to bring in.
0: When when Jack says that, the other part of it is, is you can always make money, but it might not be with the thing you want to make it with right then. You know, I I could go out tomorrow and clean people's garbage cans and make money, right? But it doesn't mean right at the moment, if I want to start a YouTube channel, I'm going to make money with it today. There's always ways if you need more money to fund a side hustle or to pay a bill, there's always something somebody's willing to pay you to do, no matter how dirty of a job it might be. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the thing you want to do right now will make money, right? So there's a, yeah. there's a difference between you can always make money at something, you just can't make money at everything. Right this minute, I guess. If, does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Well, and I had filled my days with with I uh, you know, taking care of my granddaughter, making sure that that she has what she needs, and I'm going to her basketball games, to her softball games, and stuff like that. And I'm making sure dinner's on the table, and and I've got the next week's menu planned out, and and uh, I've got the bills paid, and so there's a lot of different avenues which have nothing to do with making money either and but that is my focus and i'm okay with that for right now honestly
0: absolutely uh renegade butcher i missed, miss i don't know how i missed that quote there but he said he says i appreciate the fuck out of anybody who takes the time to watch or listen to anything i'm a part of 100 it's absolutely true and yeah and uh yeah freedom media says uh no matter how simple it is money making is always intentional right like You know, you can walk down the side of the street and find a lottery ticket and win 10 bucks, perhaps, but making actual cash, like she said, you just, you got to make that choice. Say, okay, I'm going to do it. Because I, even now I still see a hundred things a week that I could go and do and make money at. I just, I'm happy with what I'm making money at and what I'm putting my time into, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah so do we want to slide into the second half of the show and talk about the cold sure (laughs) all right did we help at all Carrie? sometimes it just helps to commiserate together doesn't it
1: uh yeah it always helps me work out the mental kinks when i when i go over this stuff with you guys and
0: others in the community and you can you can always text me or call me too if you ever need to um what if i need a hug I can hug you. I am a good hugger. I'm a really good hugger. I'm just a long way away. So I can send you a hug in the mail, but it'll probably get stale by the time it gets there. So all right. So okay. I did the math today, and because I'm an old man and I've inherited my father's tendencies, tomorrow is the shortest day of the year. Which Yay. means the day after tomorrow. We have more sunshine than we did the day before. Yep, so that's yep. exciting. Now, officially winter doesn't start until tomorrow. However, up here, my winter starts November 1st. So we are now, uh, I am exactly two day. So it's 150 days in my snow contracts. Today is 33% of my snow contracts gone. One third of the entire winter is gone. Wow. And I tend to get a lot, I tend to have a lot of free time in the winter. That has not happened yet. <laughs> so anyway, all that to, to say that you guys are getting ready to deal with your first cold snap. So what do you guys do? Because, of course, with us, you know, if we didn't insulate something, we'd be, I was going to use the R word. I better not use it. We would be foolish, right? So <laughs> what do you guys do when you have a, um, you know, for uh forewarning for something like this. Uh, I've been trying.
2: Okay. Sorry. I've been trying to plan this for a long time anyway, because I know I, I'm not one of those that cuts back so much on my animals in the wintertime. We might, I don't have Cornish cross birds that I'm doing it, but, and I usually don't have turkeys, but this year I do have heritage breed turkeys. This year I do have pigs that that are a breeding trio. So I'm keeping them year round. They're not getting, they didn't nothing. None neither one of those got processed somewhere. So I've had to think in advance some of this stuff Um, Uh, I the the pig hut I built I was out out there today and it's a it's a nice design. I like it. The pigs seem to like it But when you throw straw in it, they just kind of fluff it up and it shoots out both ends So today I was trying to kind of make some sort of enclosure on one end So at least maybe it'll hold this the straw a little bit more and they can stay warmer and I've still got more stuff I've got to do tomorrow. I've got to throw some straw out, I've got out, I've got to throw out some uh, wood chips and, and uh, uh, two or three other things. And I was one of those idiots that got the American breast birds. I ordered them in July and they came in about a month ago. So uh, I've, got, I've got small chicks that mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep warm at the same time.
0: Just wanted to mention, so Freedom Media Corps said uh, my gas, natural gas, heat, uh, hot water went from 130 to 260. Uh, expected to double next month. Looking at putting the Liberator rocket mass heater in my basement. Have any of you guys seen that Liberator? Because it's, I uh, I think it was John Palmer. I hope it was, John. I'm sorry if it wasn't. Sent me a link the other day on Telegram. And the Liberator is like a rocket mass heater or a rocket heater on steroids. You guys seen that? It has a so it's okay, it's cool. It's got a chamber in the front, so it's like a four-inch by four-inch chamber. So you can put long sticks in it, like you know, um branches or whatever. You can put scrap wood like a typical rocket heater. Uh, you can also take cordwood that's that size and put a, a whole stick down in it, and then on top, it has this great big hopper that you can fill full of wood pellets. And it doesn't take any electricity, they gravity feed, and you can fill it and it'll run for 10 hours on a hopper full of pellets. It, awesome. I thought it was cool. I was like, geez, this that. thing is yeah. It's called but the it still liberator. has
2: the mass, the the for the for the for the rocket mass, it still has the mass part of it too.
0: It can you buy it as a rocket heater, you know, just a rocket stove like the standalone. Okay, okay. One, and then you build the one I the guy that I saw had it was just building the mass he built like this sitting bench you know with the piping going inside to hold it but it, yeah. it works just as a rocket heater on its own and then you can pipe it in to turn it into a mass as well it was really cool mm, nice and i'm just going to show it to somebody i've never seen before proud union soldier said unicorns are majestic creatures so good to have you
1: <laughs> so noted
0: yeah so yeah. noted apparently they are i you know I, um, yeah, I seen a zebra in Mexico one time and turned out it was just a white horse with black stripes on it. So there you go. Yeah,
1: they did.
2: <laughs> was it oh uh, May 5th for Cinco de Mayo?
0: No, uh, they just had him on a corner and they were, they, they let the kids sit on him. They're like, uh, oh, you know, I forget what the price was for a picture, but it was just a painted horse to look like a zebra. So, I was <laughs> like, oh, there you go, kids. You get to sit on a Mexican zebra, but what about you, Carrie for, uh, the cold weather?
1: Oh, let's see. So we've got the only animals we have right now are the the 10 turkeys and they're split apart into two different tractors. So they um, they have their roots in the tractor and the tractors are they're not super tall. I mean, the turkeys have enough headroom, but not too much above it. So I will just be able to throw some old blankets over the tractors just to cut the draft. Otherwise, I expect they'll be fine. I mean, they're practically identical to wild turkeys, and the wild turkeys are just going to bed down the brush somewhere. So I kind of figure, you know, they're not going to get wet. So, you know, it's usually like wet plus cold and wind is when an animal gets into trouble. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I'll cover them up. Uh, the... Chickens, um, they'll just stay in their coop. I mean, they'll get out, but they'll they'll go in the coop if they want to. I got plenty of fresh cedar bedding, so I'll just throw in extra. And that coop is kind of out of the wind anyhow. Okay. So I can always... And I can throw an extra blanket on them too, just to cut any kind of draft. Um, and they're big birds too. I don't, they're like barred rock mixes and stuff, and they're already real fluffy, so I figure they'll be fine. Um, in the infrastructure I already went around and oiled all of the locks, like the locks to the shop, to the trucks, anything, locks, the locks on the trailer, all that stuff, anything that needs to move. I went ahead and hit it with um, some WD 40 and then some, uh, like some three in one oil. Oh, let's see. And then, okay, yeah, so the plumbing. So I already have everything on quick disconnects. Um, with the water heater, propane on-demand water heater, and by its nature, it is outside because it's not set up to be inside. It's vented outside. It's uh, is about four feet off the ground, so which means there's three and a half feet of water pipe coming up out of the ground. I've got insulation on it, but I know it's not going to do me any good. It's all PEX, and I just know it's going to freeze. So what i do is just disconnect everything so there's no water in any of that assembly and just hook it up when we need it and i go back out and i disconnect it all when we're done showering or doing the dishes or whatever nice. um small pain in the butt but not as big a pain in the butt as standing out there with the heat gun um defrosting things um uh, there is a chance that the main water line coming into the house that's on the cold line will freeze. I threw some extra insulation on it today. Um, but worst case scenario, I'm getting under there at the heat gun hitting a couple of spots that I know from previous experience may freeze up. Um, uh, and we can drip the faucets. It's not my favorite thing to do, but we can, it's, it's like, it's not a huge deal. Water's not super expensive here. So, um, mostly little inconveniences like that. And I'm going to, uh, probably like check truck batteries, check Jeep battery. They're both new, so hopefully they won't get murdered by the cold. Um, we don't do block heaters down here. That's not a real common thing. So, you know, And really, I'm I'm not really planning to go anywhere. Anyhow, I mean, we we'll be able to if we need to, but pretty much planning to
0: stay put. Stay cold.
1: Like three days that I don't think will be above freezing.
2: Okay. Yeah, three or four days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think water is going to be our biggest issue. You know, not only. I mean, I think we've got it. Uh, anything above ground is either turned off or insulated. But, you know, going out two or three times a day to make sure that the, the, the animals have fresh water, you know, uh, that could be a challenge. And I have already bought the – that's one of the things I did over the summer is bought the rubber feed tubs or whatever they are so that I'll you can turn them over and step on them if you need to to get them water. But, uh yeah. Uh, and I've got several gallons of water already put up, but they're in the barn and they may freeze. So I, I uh, we, I, we may have to, I've got the bathroom in the barn that we use and we could probably put water in there to help keep things from freezing so much in there too. But I think that's going to be my biggest challenge. Oh, and Kenzie and I are trying to get all of our laundry caught up just in case all else fails.
1: Good call. Yeah. yeah. That can yeah. be bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, Renegade says Southern Winter tip, be sure you have a way to heat water without electricity. Do you guys have that option or a way to I'm sure you do, but what do you what would you do Carrie if you Well, how do you you heat water with propane right at the moment, don't you?
1: Yeah, so so we have the propane on demand which as long as I let it empty and not hold any water inside the exchanger, I can go outside even if it's below freezing or super cold, plug everything, you know, hook everything back up, turn the water on and it'll run and we'll be good to go um if if the line is too frozen that i have to sit out there with a heat gun and i picked up that dewalt heat gun because i figured why not yeah. last year i used an angels hair dryer that kind of sucked um, this will
0: be better than that it's yeah. it's not i will say though it's not as good as an electric heat gun it, it is good but just be forewarned that's all
1: Yeah. So, yeah and we've got multiple batteries charged up for that good. if it's a matter of rotating batteries but Yeah, so if for some reason, like if I just don't want to fool with a propane heater, we keep a big stock pot of water on the stove at all times. Mm -hmm. And there'll be times where like, I'll get that, that water will be hot enough. I'll use it to wash dishes and it'll be enough um, with just the two of us. And then we also have a whole bunch of glass jugs of water that we store behind the stove between the um, heat shield and the wall. And that water will get warm i mean it won't be shower warm but it'll be like wash your face you know hit the highlights kind of uh camp shower if you need to so you don't feel you know gnarly
0: is that does that give you extra thermal mass is that the reason for it or did you just put them there because you have storage for it
1: a little bit of both It, it does it does generate thermal mass and it was also just unused space and i had a whole bunch of uh glass wine jugs still sitting around and i was like might as well fill these so i actually have i have all the space behind the stove which is probably about mm, about a two by four foot space and then there's kind of a corner too and i've got more kind of back to that corner under a uh, under the platform that holds the water tank so I have I have components in place to eventually assemble a water heater jacket on the back of the stove, but that project is not complete yet. But
0: that's have you ever any split the glass jugs? Have any split at all or no? Be
1: no, about, no. They they've been fine. In fact, I kind of prefer them over the plastic.
0: So that's like the complete opposite of putting a bunch of water jugs in your freezer to, to keep thermal mass. That that I don't think I've ever heard anybody else do that. But that's friggin' awesome, Carrie.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're really heavy glass jugs too. I mean, I I have broken one. Um, like, don't obviously just don't don't slam it on anything. I hit it on the corner of something that that'll break anything. But sure. Uh, yeah, as long as I'm just I'm careful, but yeah, I don't have to worry about them. Um, like I said, that I mean that stove if we're that stove's running all the time, like we don't let the house get uh cold, and that is kind of the big thing. Like we we have to be home because uh. We could be away from them, like if we had to travel for some reason, but we would have to literally shut everything down, including the solar system, including the batteries, because you do not let lithium iron phosphate batteries go below freezing.
0: Right. Um, even they will. Even if they're fully charged.
1: If they're fully charged and you like shut them off, they're fine. Right. Even if they're partially charged, you can shut them off and they're fine. But if they are running. And they are discharging or charging, when they get under thirty two, apparently like shit can really go sideways. Like huh. best case scenario they just it, it kills the cells. Worst case scenario is that they can actually catch on fire. So okay. okay. I um and I try not to worry about that too much. But yeah, like if we ever had to be away, we would have to kind of shut down the whole assembly and, you know, drain stuff and turn everything off and shut off all the, all the breakers and all that good stuff. But Uh, yeah, we're just going to stay quiet.
0: Another tip from up here that we always followed was if there was a chance of a power outage or if there was a chance, you know, the weather was going to get real shit, you, you made sure everything was ready. Like... So if if you thought you might lose power, you might turn your thermostat up an extra two or three degrees, maybe four Mm -hmm. degrees, whatever it was. So you'd overheat your house a little bit. So you might buy yourself an extra half hour, or an hour of of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. We would do that a lot because, okay, there's a chance. Or, you know, we would fill the wood furnace absolutely right to the the gills and make sure it was going and there was lots of heat in there. And worst case, if the power went out, you'd just open up the, the upper vent. So air would circulate because you didn't have the fan blowing it, but yeah, you would just, I always found one of the big keys was um, making sure everything was heated and running right up to the last minute. So that way there's mm-hmm. less, you know, less for it to go, less for it to go sideways or you you buy yourself just a little more time, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm you? aggravated because uh, I bought a wood stove and I got a drug out here to the property, but we did not get it hooked up yet. I have not gotten it installed and I'm, I have to admit, I'm pretty irritated about that.
0: (laughs) It, I don't know. Everything's a project. Everything takes time. I'm sure you had a, a, I mean, not, you know, whatever you, you want to get it done, but there's a hundred other things that at the time seem more important than getting a wood stove done. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or you have to put, you know, you got to choose where you put your time and your money so i
2: tried to delegate it so i could finish the bathroom and they, it didn't work <laughs> ah we,
0: we need to read between the lines there i see so no. yeah <laughs> i just i'm not quite finished but i just put the chimney through the wall in my garage so i could now at least light a fire in that wood stove if i wanted my son was in the garage the other day and he goes dad he goes somebody could live out here and i said well i hope i don't get <laughs> kicked out but the garage is actually as soon as i get the chimney on it is actually will be a self-contained off-grid unit if i want it to be it's got solar for power with a battery bank and it's got uh, um, a wood stove for heat so it would you could actually you know in a worst case long-term scenario you could stay out there for a while the only thing we wouldn't have would be water but we could make do
1: (laughs) yeah now, is your is your garage is it attached to your house or is it a separate? It's building? a separate building.
0: Okay. So it, yeah, it's off probably about forty feet from the house.
1: So if you made Becky really mad, you've got like some buffer. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: I am. I'm really close. So you know how she? I don't know if you know that she keeps making me build decks out back, so our yard mm-hmm. keeps getting less grass and more deck, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. I built the second deck. Anyway, um, I almost finished this year and I didn't quite finish, but I've got about another, I don't know, eight by twelve foot section. And when I do, I'll be able to walk from the house across deck right to my garage. So nice. at least at least I'll be able to keep up off the snow and stuff in the wintertime, right? So <laughs> but yeah, it cool. was pretty awesome. So um, so here's the thing, and and maybe it's me who lives in a place where you know the cold will kill you in 10 minutes some days (laughs) but um would it be like how much how much harder would it be to make some of this stuff winter hardy permanently or is it not worth it where you guys live
1: um i've gotten better at kind of planning on just the for the worst case scenario i mean cuz this is not the first time we had we had single digits last year we had single digits in 2020 so i've kind of figured like this is this is just a new trend and while overall our winters are more mild and we have a really frequent like freeze thaw cycle um we're definitely seeing you know some changes in the weather patterns so yeah i'm trying to plan for like when I choose, when I choose plantings, when I choose fruit trees, stuff like that, like plan for stuff that needs to be, um, you know, people really want to get into trying like all this tropical, you know, subtropical varieties of stuff. And I just, I'm starting to put like hardy before the name of everything that I research, especially when I want, you know, when I suggest plantings to people, or I, you know, do consults, I just go ahead and plan for, um, you know, colder, harsher, Hotter, longer. I mean, all that's happening. It's a lot different than what I remember growing
0: up weather-wise. It does seem that way, doesn't it? What do you think? I don't know.
2: when it When it does get that low, it's not like way up north. Uh, it, you know, it is only for worst case scenario two weeks. So you kind of prepare for just the short t- term of it. Uh, I was looking at a uh, renegade butcher. He was talking about the, when we moved from Alaska to central Texas that year, and that was real early 1984, we got like two feet of snow and uh, all the pipes froze because they, they are literally less than two feet buried. And some of the stuff is not even buried that deep. And uh, we went without water the first for, for two weeks uh, we mm-hmm. had trash cans that we went and filled up with water so we could flush toilets and stuff like that when I lived in Texas. So um, two feet wasn't enough to keep it from freezing? Well, it doesn't usually get that cold ever down in Texas. That like that, that was an odd thing. You very seldom get snow. Like what happened in, was it last year or the year before? That, that it was So that, that's unusual. I mean, it might get down two below actual freezing. A few days of the year, but what that what they went through that was pretty pretty outstanding. In them back in early 1984, that was definitely outstanding. I, I of course when you when I first moved from Alaska, I thought it was just okay. I couldn't figure out why we couldn't have water. We're in Texas, you know, but but the pipes are just not buried. There's no reason to bury them that deep or, except on rare occasions. Where where I'm located in northeast Oklahoma, it's it is colder, but uh that that two years ago that when it got so cold and we were still living in the camper, we actually had to go stay and live with my uh youngest son and in, in his trailer house uh for a few days because it was everything was frozen over. Yeah, there is definitely some stuff the weather's changing and so maybe at this time it's it might be uh, good to do something a little bit more per, uh permanent. But in general most of the time it only lasts just a few days and then it's over. I mean, it gets cold, it gets below freezing, but most of the time even when it gets below freezing, most of the time it gets above freezing in the
0: daytime. So you you just you just say, "Okay, it's temporary. we we'll, we can get through it." That makes sense. I get it. I guess it, I guess for it would be like us, you know. <laughs> like I said it was 100 what 109 degrees it hit here uh 2 summers ago and it was, you know, it was damn near a week long, but that's the exception for us, and it really rarely gets above, hmm, I don't know, 90 degrees. You know, it's in the 80s here most summer, right? So, for us, we just, I mean, to be honest, there's lots of places here that don't have central air conditioning, you know, which is, I mean, we do now, but, yeah, we just deal with it. So, I guess that's the way it is here. You know, we we deal with, we know we're going to get some heat, but it's not going to be for six months on end or whatever, right? Mm-hmm.
2: I have to commend you because you're sitting here talking to all of us Southerners and I hadn't even seen a grin or a twinkle in your eye, making fun of us as we're talking about, Oh, it's cold.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Brian says 109 Celsius. He said, yeah, no, no, (laughs) Uh, no. You know what? I, so I guess I've come to the, I mean, I love to joke and everybody, we all love to joke with each other, but I've come to realize that, um, we it's all relative right you know people people like how do you deal you know minus 36 here this morning right people like how do you deal with it well you you just do right everywhere you live wherever we are we've all adapted to whatever we have to deal with and people are like i would die i'm like no you wouldn't you might think you would at first and maybe you know maybe if i took you from a texas summer and threw you up here in a alberta winter just like that then you might but if, if you came up here and you know, if you came here and went from spring, summer, fall, winter, you're going to be cold. It'll bother you for a couple of winters, but you're not going to die. You're gonna you're gonna adjust pretty quick. You know, you're gonna learn what levels of insulation to wear and all that stuff, right?
1: Oh yeah, and yeah. I mean the whole we, we have to remember that we're our our current. Uh, the, the, the system, of society we live in, like historically is an aberration and we have probably never been more spoiled and comfortable and safe and all of that in all of human history. Um, so, yeah, I I'm actually getting to where I kind of prefer the cold a little bit. And especially if I'm working outside, if I can keep moving, I can t- I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine with it. It's the, uh, it's the heat that can go screw as far as I'm concerned because I I try to adjust for that and I just end up getting like weird looks and possibly arrested. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to keep moving. And and I kind of, I kind of feel like it's, uh, I like to earn my, um, my rewards and my breaks, like the reward of like coming inside to a wood stove after being out doing chores or whatever. And, we could probably all stand to learn to deal with a little bit of discomfort.
0: Absolutely. I, I will say for me, I I never feel more alive than when I'm out first thing in the morning and it's like minus 30 and it's that cool, crisp air. Or mm-hmm. when you're out in that minus 30 in the sunshine. And that honestly is its going to sound absolutely insane. It's probably my favorite weather of the year because I just love it. It just... Every sense of your being is just awake and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, heat heat is cool, but heat sucks, you know, like heat literally takes the life out of you to try to move in sometimes, especially yeah. when you add humidity to it. At least mm-hmm. with cold, if you got a layer on, you're like, Yeah, okay, I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Then- I
2: have to admit I'm a little bit opposite of that because I'm getting old enough with enough arthritis that I I think when I get cold, I tense up and I had, I hurt. So, yeah, but you were also talking about the change in temperature stuff. Um, I'm old enough that we were when we were in Alaska during the Cold War, they were sending people up from Alabama and Georgia and stuff for cold weather training. And they actually would have some some bad. Th- well, for one thing they tell you, don't do liquor up there. But, but one guy, he stashed his his liquor underneath his tent. And it was fifty below and fifty below liquor doesn't freeze in the bottle, but it does freeze your esophagus and kill you, you know.
0: I never heard that before, really. Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah, because yeah, uh, I will say I know lots of people <laughs> that drink in the minus forty, but but there's a there is a difference between minus forty and minus fifty. And we don't typically see minus fifty, so I've got to share this one. This has got to be one of the best sayings I think I've ever heard in my life. And I don't know how I haven't heard it before. But Freedom Media Corps says, the wonderful thing about freezing weather is that you step on dog shit, not in dog shit. And sometimes you even trip over it because it's I'm going to say, crap.
1: roll an ankle. Yeah, yeah, roll an ankle on some frozen dog turds.
0: So crazy. And Renegade Butcher says that's just the snow-clearing money talking, him <laughs> But i got to say, I... I'm out in it anyway. You know, today, like I took a an office day, and I was still out putting around in the cold. Like, I just, yeah. Plus, Martinson family says you don't have to worry about mosquitoes when it's minus twenty. At least not as much. Yeah. Do you guys have? That? You it's not as much. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Uh, do you guys have what they call black flies down there? Just little thugs? yeah. That buzz yeah I always call snowflakes white flies you know so we, we have to worry <laughs> about white flies in the winter and black flies in the summer but you know that was yeah I like that one
1: yeah I prefer to hike more in the winter time because um, yeah no bugs uh, the snakes are asleep I yeah. feel like I could I can see more you know you get up you get up to the top and you can you can see further wherever you're um, you know whatever the overlook is
0: yeah, that's true. And oh, yeah, I, we're just talking about uh, something I'd forgotten about is uh, we've had more snow this year than we normally have. So I've got an empty rental right now that's getting renovated. The electrician's over there redoing all the electrical. And he showed up yesterday. He was there the day before, showed up yesterday, and he said, Tim, the house is zero, like zero degrees Celsius, just at freezing. He goes, the furnace isn't working. Oh, OK, well, what's going on? So I called the the um, heating and the HVAC guy in to take a look. Well, the new furnace they installed last year doesn't go up through the chimney. It has a vent that goes out through the side of the house, almost like a just like a plastic vent. I Of course, I didn't even know it was there, right? So I, I guess they're pretty efficient. Anyway, they're up 18, 24 inches off the ground. Well, the snow has built up there enough that it had covered the vent and shut the furnace off. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we they cleaned it up and... They serviced the furnace while they were there, but just something I wasn't aware of. So yeah, weird. And uh renegade says in Texas, uh fire ants eat the dog shit. <laughs> and um, freedom media says, I love walking through the woods after or during a heavy snow, Uh heavy snow. It's magical. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Clark W. Griswold looking out the front window. And his wife says, what are you looking at? He says, what is it? The, the majesty of a winter's morn and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into a storm drain so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah well what do you guys think yeah how many how many days are you going to get to the cold what do you what are you expecting um well three or four.
2: i think it's three or four it's not i think sunday it's supposed to get up to 33 degrees but uh yeah, Thursday is when it's supposed to start snowing and dropping in temperature and get down to negative one that night Fahrenheit, and it's not supposed to get above freezing until Sunday. But it looks like Monday actually more technically getting above freezing, so that's probably about four days.
0: I think. So I think the whole damn continent is on that same cold, yeah. warm base because we're we're due for just about the same. Now, I mean, it's all relative again, but it's going to yeah. you know it's in the minus minus thirties until then, and then it's going to be. You know, minus seven minus eight Celsius. You know what we're gonna yeah. do? You, you remember, Carrie, you were a Star Trek fan, right? I Obviously, am. yeah, yeah. Do you remember they had the auto translators? Remember, you they, they never because they could talk to any uh any race and it would just they would hear one language and the other one would hear the other, you know? Yeah,
1: it, it was it, it apparently ran through like the their communicator, at least in like the later versions of the show,
0: yeah. And yeah. Google yeah. has something anyway, at some point. We're gonna need a Canadian to American translator so that all these numbers just translate for whoever's listening to them. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, over on the Prepper Broadcast Network, they they just uh, well, we just got the first two British podcasters, so they're uh, ones no, one's British, one's Italian. So we got two Europeans in there now too. So that'll really mix up the the whole thing. <laughs> I would be I would be interested
1: to hear what prepping is like for folks on that side of the
0: pond i would too <laughs> um i just one little thing that they'd mentioned the other day is they don't think they're ever probably going to be able to leave the country as long as they live at this point oh, because of, because of vaccination requirements for flying for them oh. so that nothing has been relaxed it doesn't look like it'll ever be relaxed there mm-hmm. so just sucks yeah i don't know it'll be interesting we'll see uh i don't know i i, I haven't listened to their podcast yet but uh they, they have, um, I, I listened to their, uh, their welcome show and it sounds, they got their shit together. It's going to be cool to hear And it, nice. It's neat hearing people from other parts of the world for sure. And, uh, freedom media says, I want to hook that liberator rocket mass heater up to a fireplace chimney. Mm. I got to look at that because, so I don't know enough about those rocket. Do you know, Carrie, how do they normally vent a rocket heater or do they, they obviously do, but. Is it like a three or four inch, like flexible pipe? I wonder. Or?
1: I'm thinking about the one that Nicole has in her pump house for the for the well. Okay. And it is a double. It's you know the double insulated. I think it's a three or four inch. So it's not as it's not as big as like you know your kind of your standard six inch stove pipe, um, double walled there i'm sure there is a um uh, there's some math to be done there
0: That's because
1: right. yeah that the well okay and i'm thinking it through on the fly here but the the heat that is leaving the the smoke and the the heat that is leaving that pipe should actually not be as hot as a standard wood stove because for one thing your fuel load is smaller and your um, that mass is absorbing that heat. That's right. something to be thought through. There, yeah, I said there's some math to do there. And
0: but, uh, it burns hot, so you're not creosote buildup would be almost non-existent, wouldn't it? I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, so, um,
1: yeah. Oh, go ahead. You could her. definitely um, take a look at like the the permies forum, Paul Wheaton's forum there is so much information on rocket mass heaters and there i imagine there is a pinned post with like the very basic FAQs being addressed because i mean anytime you're you're burning something in your house you don't want to take any chances
0: right so that that three or four inch stuff you're talking about that sounds to me just like the vent pipe for a pellet stove because it's double walled stove pipe but it it looks like about the diameter of a dryer hose does that sound yeah, about right. Yeah, that sounds about right. But the only concern I'd have for that is that if you're running it, so hold on, let's see. She also put, um, we built the house. I put, I put a chimney uh, to a walkout basement for a regular wood burning fireplace. I cannot hook up to the wood stove. Too hot for pipe. So, I would go through. She says I would go through a mass of stone. Okay. So yeah, I would, I would definitely check. Um. I don't know see i don't know how much the vent part of a rocket stove affects its burning ability you know what i mean it's like draft you know, right yeah because with a wood stove that is a hundred percent important you know if you don't have it high enough and it can't suck enough air but you can also run it too high and everything cools down and then you lose some suction or convection there too so um it yeah She said she's going to do a video for the Permies crowd just to see because I would like to know the answer because I don't want to give you, yeah, it's kind of like I say you don't want to give bad electrical device, you'll end up dead because that can happen with wood heat too. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So the secondary burn chamber reduces wasted energy. So that works like an EPA rated wood stove too. They have that. Like a catalytic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, except crackheads do not steal that. So (laughs) But yeah, so it'll be, um, okay. And she says they show it to be 200 degrees Fahrenheit maximum with rocket mass heater. If that's the case, I don't think you'd need much of anything to vent it with. Like heat's not going to be a concern at all or barely. So just anyway, I don't want to give you good or bad advice on that, but I would, I would, like you said, pass it along to the Permies crowd and see what they say.
1: Yeah. Check your clearances and all that good stuff. But,
0: and you don't want to run afoul of insurance companies either because they're, uh, they can be dicks. You know, if insurance Ooh. isn't an issue, don't worry about it. But if it is, worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, what do you guys think? We've been a little over an hour. Um, Thesea, how do people find you?
2: I am now finally officially Grandma's Homestead on YouTube. Love and uh, I, so... And I really liked that change and I will continue to work with it. But I, I like, I like being grandma's homestead. I can also be found on MeWe, Instagram, uh, Facebook, on some other der- der- derivation of Thesea Ellis or Thesea Dayhoff Ellis and
0: uh, uh, TikTok, all of those. Nice. And uh, so what are you up? What do you, what do you build or what have you done lately for content? What's been your thing?
2: uh recently i've decided that that i've done so much trying to figure out just trying to get through the bathroom renovation the one that the the one that i'm about to put out now is more than just a bathroom renovation channels but i think i named the named the video so i'm, I'm trying to get some more of my animals in there uh for people to see and stuff and uh and i, I do the same thing with with the oh and i've got i've got uh, this grandma's life uh podcast that I do, I'm still doing I was doing a live stream for a while But no, none of my, my listeners I guess they're all old It could find it So I'm just recording it and Uploading it as a video and as I get things, some back uh, Episodes Done, I will try to get them On, on to podcast uh, Streams too, but I've got a, I, I get all of the previous ones are all video and not strictly audio and i've got to redo them
0: no i'm sorry if they're video you can pull the audio out of it if you want so that you don't have to re-record it and then just upload that to a podcast too if if it makes your life easier
2: yeah i guess i better figure out how to do that because right now i've been trying to translate or transcribe uh one of them and it's taking me a while and i (laughs) am it's going very slowly
0: no. no it's like tonight so we'll record this video as soon as we're done uh in in streamyard I'll just hit download audio it takes about 5 minutes but there's other so if it's on YouTube there's lots of web pages that'll just take the audio uh, take the video and turn it into an mp3 for you so it's pretty okay. easy I, I can send you the links it'll make make your life way easier trust me
2: Yeah this is where I really lack and really lack <laughs> I've got I got a lot to learn but I I will learn it it just like sometimes people I if I if I were somebody else or you know, and looking at me, I'd be going, Oh child, you know.
0: <laughs> oh whatever. We all yeah. my god, we all learn. I mean, that's exactly what uh yeah, I don't know. Like I said, mm-hmm. my first few live streams, there was nobody there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think Joseph Millis was in the first one and there was there was a few I did to an imaginary audience, so you just keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. since
2: since I'm recording them, um, people are finding them, so that works better. Good.
0: And I put your, so anybody out there who's listening live or it's in YouTube, for instance, don't, uh, there's Thesea's YouTube channel. So make sure you give her a follow because she works hard. She's the hardest working grandma on YouTube and she deserves some love. So
2: <laughs> I don't know about that,
0: but I have fun. <laughs> and Ren- Renegade says grandma's homestead is a great rebrand. I agree 100%. I think it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It, it, it uh, sums up who you are and what you do completely. So how about you, Mr. Brown?
1: Oh, let's see. Um, I have got um, a handful of consult clients that I'm just kind of working with as we go along. Um, I'm going to go out and meet a new person on Tuesday in Lewisburg, Tennessee. So a week from today. Lewisburg is sort of south, maybe slightly southwest of Nashville. How
0: would you know so, I was going to
1: ask that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's down that way it's about three and a half hours from me here in knoxville um so if there's anybody between knoxville and lewisburg would like a visit i'm going to be passing through so you should holler at me um strongrichresources.com uh guys i got so many irons in the fire i mean i've got i've got ideas abound i've got uh just i'm i think i'm kind of getting to that part of the year as we wind it down here for 2022 where i'm just really distilling exactly when i want to go after next year yes um, and uh i've i've got i've got cool ideas i've got stuff that's going to help people out i don't know how much of it is going to be in the form of content creation versus um product and that sort of thing i mean which that that it might make sense to go ahead and just do content creation based around product Um, and just improving, you know, the infrastructure out here on the farm, just keep pushing forward and making stuff happen.
0: Maybe that'll be next week's episode. Maybe we should talk about where we're looking for next year because I'm going to do one of my own anyway, my own episode, probably I haven't decided which day yet, but because that is, yeah, that's important. (laughs) I, we, uh, yeah. Anyway, I I talk about it all the time, setting goals, not resolutions. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were at the, um, the local Christmas market the other day and the paper come up and asked, he grabbed me and said, Hey Tim, what are your, what's your resolution for next year? And I I went into my little speech about how I don't make resolutions. I make goals. He's like, Oh, that's pretty good. I'm like, nah, it's true though. I said, you know, and and I told him what our goals were for next year. So he's like, well, how did you, I said, because we just wrote all our goals down for next year because if that's what you want to get ahead, that's what you do. I digress. We'll talk about that next week. So
2: (laughs) Are y'all doing anything with that word
0: of the year? Oh, it, I have one. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: What, what I'm, I'm still trying to narrow mine down.
0: I haven't decided. It takes a lot more brain work than what you would think. Well, because you want a word that really works, right? So, yeah. you know, my mine was invest for this year. And, and it, the idea was to whatever I put into something, I wanted to to see the return from, you know, and, and, and that was invest in other people and invest in my content. And, I have an idea of what my theme of the year is going to be next year. I just haven't distilled it to a certain word yet. If that, does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm sure I'd be nice to get, just put everybody on next week if we could. And uh, there's Renegade Butcher's word of the year in case anybody cared. So I won't read it out loud. <laughs> that that That's my word of the day, Renegade every day. But anyway, so yeah, uh, for me, if you want to find me tool Tim.co go by there or the workshop on YouTube three times a week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, 7 PM mountain time. That's when the workshop is live and it's everywhere lately. I just started streaming on Twitter and rumble and have had, uh, much more success than the placeholder of streaming on float for the last while. That was basically whatever it was, what it was. It's a shame, but, uh, I've been really happy for those who wrote on rumble. I've been really happy with the results I've got over there so far. So, but when you multiply anything by zero, you still get zero. So that doesn't really work. But you know, when you're coming up from zero views on float to wherever you're going, I guess that's an improvement, right? So I'm going to stop shitting on float. I just, I feel betrayed, but anyway, that's another thing for another day. So (laughs) all right, guys. Um, yeah, I guess that's it from us for this week. We'll, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll be back next week. Uh, That'll be between Christmas and New Year's. I guess we'll decide for sure as the week goes on. But everybody out there, uh, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year soon enough. I guess we can start saying that too. So,
1: Peace out, guys. Have a good night. Merry
0: Christmas.